Hey, what up? And welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host, and I am a fellow 20-something creating this podcast for you, my 20-something friends, or 20-somethings at heart. My hope and prayer is that you walk away from each episode feeling encouraged, challenged, and refreshed in your walk with the Lord. I invite some legit older, wiser women on to help us along this journey and remind us that we will indeed survive. I am pumped that you're here. Hey ladies, can you guys believe that this is episode number 50? I am so thankful for each of you and your support so far. And so for this week's episode, I got to sit down with the wonderful Shay Shaw. From adoption to blogging to The Bachelor, I hope you enjoy my down-to-earth conversation with Shay as much as I did. I seriously cannot think of a better episode to celebrate number 50 than this one right here with Shay. I hope you enjoy it, so let's get on with it. Well, hey, Shay, welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. Hi, Emma. I'm so happy to be here today. Yes, I'm pumped to chat with you. And I'm just, yeah, I've just been so excited. And um, I'd love if you just kind of start us off and tell us about yourself and kind of what your crazy life looks like these days. Oh, absolutely. So I am a North Texas girl. I'm not really a girl anymore. I am um, just about to be 38 (laughs) years old. I have been married for 15 years to the love of my life, Andrew. And we have four kiddos. We have three girls and a boy. They are four, seven, nine, and 10. And we live in McKinney, Texas. And from there, we do a lot of super fun things. They're all active in sports and we're very active in our church. And then I have a couple of really fun and super cool jobs that I get to do. I somehow became a professional blogger. I've been blogging for um, 12 years now. And through that, I've been given other amazing opportunities. I have published six cookbooks. I um, am a a public speaker, um, motivational speaker for a lot of women's groups and mom's groups. And I own a travel agency. I um, have had that about seven years. So um, I I juggle a lot of balls. I do a lot of things. (laughs) But it's so fun. I just feel so incredibly blessed that I've been able to turn hobbies into a career. And that has yeah. just been amazing. So that's a little bit about me. I drink a lot of coffee. I wake up really early and I love the Boston Red Sox. So um, that <laughs> kind of sums me up right there. I love that. And it's so cool that I'm, I'm sure it's insane to juggle all of those things, but to be able to like see, oh, these are the ways that God has gifted me and these are the passions of mine and why not do it all? You're like, you yeah. know, <laughs> and so that's really awesome. I I would love to hear a little bit more uh, about your blog and just kind of like how it came to be um, to like what it is now and, and what God has done through it. Oh, really? Yes. I just didn't hear Uh-oh. what you asked the question. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah. I would just, lo- I would just love to hear kind of about mix and match mama and like how it started. Um, and now how it's come to be, um, and just like what it is now and how God has like worked through it. So I started my blog 12 years ago. I was 25 years old. I had been married for, um, I'd been married for almost four years at the time. And my husband and I were in the throes of infertility. 
we had been trying for a while on our own and weren't able to get pregnant. And we had then turned to medical help and had done a lot of drugs and procedures. And then I, I did my first uh, intrauterine insemination, my first IUI, and I got pregnant. Mm. And then I miscarried at about nine weeks mm. in June. And I just was in a really like dark place. I uh, didn't feel like I had a lot of friends. We lived in a new city. Um, my husband wanted to plant his business in McKinney, Texas. And even though I grew up in North Texas, I didn't know a single person that lived in McKinney, Texas. So yeah. I moved into a new neighborhood. I joined a new church. I worked in an office with my husband. So I didn't have coworkers. It was my husband. So I just felt very isolated. And then on top of that, I was taking a lot of hormone medication, injecting myself with that and suffered a mm. miscarriage. And I was just in a really dark place. I have a degree from college in journalism. And so writing had always been something that I loved. I had, yeah. I, I was one of those people that had journals and uh, diaries. And so blogging was kind of starting to be a thing. And so on August 3rd, 12 years ago, I started a blog and I had zero expectation. I didn't think anybody besides my dad would read it. My mom reads it now, but at the time told me she wasn't going to read it. So I really, just because she didn't understand what blogs were and she was, you know, so I just needed an outlet. <laughs> I needed something to be a little creative. I needed something to take my mind off of my troubles and worries. And so I started a blog and over the last 12 years, I've had some life events that have happened that have uh, brought me different communities of people. So that's been really great because some people come to my blog because they have a heart for adoption and I've adopted two daughters. And so those people come and visit me. And then some people come to my blog because I share a recipe, a original recipe every day. And so some foodies, some people that are just trying to Busy moms trying to get dinner on the table quickly. They come for the food. Some yeah. people come because my brother was the bachelor. And so they think that's really cool. Some people come because I like to talk about organization and entertaining at home and things like that. So there's a lot of different reasons why I think my readers come. And so we've created this real melting pot of people in this community. And I do yeah. think of them all as friends. And so it's really turned into this really amazing thing, which has provided me with a lot of unbelievable opportunities. I never in a million years would have imagined I would have had any of them. And so it all started from one day starting a blog. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool that I love the fact that it has so many aspects to it, right? Like I have something for moms who have adopted kids or want to, like I have something for those that love to cook, like usually usually people are like, oh, you have to have one niche. Like you can't yeah. just have all these different things. Like why would, you, why would you have a blog that has a million different things? Like that's not going to be successful. And so you're like, okay, well, um, watch me. <laughs> yeah. And it just accidentally happened that way. Um, I didn't set out to do it. I really just talk about every day, every day when I publish my post, I'm talking about things that are important to me, that matter to me, that I love. So whether that's my faith, whether that's what I like to buy at Trader Joe's, whether that is, you know, how much I love the pumpkin spice latte. I mean, it just depends. Whatever it is, I just want to be authentic to who I am and talk about the things mm -hmm. that interest me. And from that, it's just morphed into 
um, a, a wide variety of things where I really do feel like I am a lifestyle blogger because I'm talking about so many different aspects of my life from what I eat to what I yeah. wear, all of that. Yeah, so true. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about um, your adopted kiddos. Yeah. Are they, maybe I'm wrong, are they like sandwiched in the middle of your two other ones? Nope, they're the two big, they're the two littles. They're the babies. They're the babies. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So you had two kiddos of your own first, yes, and yeah. then adopted two more. Tell me about that. Yeah. So we have a daughter named Kensington who is almost 11. And when I was only about seven months, when she was only about seven months old, I accidentally got pregnant again. So I have a son, oh I have a son named Smith that's almost 10. So I have two kiddos that are 16 months and three days apart. So I had a son and a daughter. And then my husband and I, when they were little, when they were about one and two, we really, really felt the Lord telling us that we were supposed to stop having biological children and that we were supposed to be parents to kids that didn't have any. And we didn't Mm. really, at that time, we didn't know a lot of people that had adopted kids. We didn't know what that meant, whether that was international or domestic or boys or girls or where in the world they're supposed to come from. But through a lot of prayer, we really felt led to adopt our uh, third kiddo um, from China. And so Mm. she came and we were only home with her about six weeks when we just really felt God tell us, you know what, you got to go back and get another one. And we were so excited to do that because she was so amazing. We wanted another one. So about 21 months after we adopted Ashby, we went back and adopted Maidley. So uh, Ashby's seven and Maidley is going to be five here this fall. And they are amazing. And they're both from China. So we really, yeah, they are so sweet. They are the best thing that we ever did. Um, was to get our girls. They are absolutely amazing. And how do your older two, like, I mean, you've had them since uh, since they were pretty little, right? And so how did that kind of like mesh for them to like add, to add those two to your family? Yeah, I talk about this a lot when I talk to groups about adoption. I did a very poor job um, of praying for my biological kids to be accepting of my adopted kids. I prayed for a lot of things during the process. I prayed for my adopted kids to be safe, healthy, and fed because I was always worried that they were not any of those things while we were separated. And I prayed so much about um, the community we lived in and I wanted it to be a place that would be uh, accepting so they could thrive and flourish. And I just didn't realize until I brought Ashby home where I, I lacked in praying for my biological kids. God took care of it anyway, because Mm -hmm. they embraced adoption, embraced their sisters without ever a single doubt. I mean, without ever a single question or doubt. And I do not get any of the credit for that because I didn't do a good enough job praying for it. But the Lord really stepped in and just prepared their hearts for this. Mm -hmm. It's just been so neat to see how there's no difference between um, them and their little sisters as it is between those two. yeah. Really amazing. That is so sweet. Like how God clearly had it planned out for your family to yes. add them and knowing that your older two would be able to like have a heart that was so accepting um, and to just like welcome them with open arms. Like he totally had that and just, like yes. showed you, okay, I don't actually need you to do this. Yeah. I created them to be able to um, accept them and, and welcome them with open arms into the family. So that is so cool. And I love, um, that he put it on, 
um, y'all's heart to, to bring them home. And so what a cool thing and what a cool testimony of just, uh, your faith in God and like, um, being open to what he calls you to. And so I love stories of adoption because I think it is so cool. Um, so yeah, I love it. And I love your pictures of them on your Instagram. I was like, oh my gosh, they are so cute. Thank you. They're so sweet. Both of them. They're very different, um, but they are precious and they're so sweet together. And it's just been amazing to watch them become part of our family. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I love to uh, swing over to talking about, so most of my listeners are ladies in their twenties. And so I love to ask guests that come on about what life was like for you in your twenties. What were some good things about it? What were some hard things about it? Just kind of all about your twenties. Well, now that I am almost done with my thirties, I'm just about to be 38. I can look back and I can say that I thought my 20s were hard and my 30s have been really fantastic. So if you're in your 20s right now and it seems hard, have hope because (laughs) in hindsight, now looking back, I can really tell that my 20s were were hard because it's a lot about transition. Mm -hmm. And I am one that thrives. I really do. I thrive on routine and structure. And I didn't have a lot of that in my 20s because you're going from... I'm a kid, I'm in college to now I'm adult and there's so many adult things that you have to deal with and do and and you're just trying to find your place in this world and get settled and it just, there's just a lot of transition. So yeah. if you are feel like it's kind of hard in your 20s right now, I think you can take hope because at least for me, my 30s really were a place where I had my footing and I felt just much more at peace about who I was and what I was doing. And uh, there have been fewer transitions in my 30s. So my 20s started, um, I graduated college when I was 22. I got married when I was 22. Right after I got married, um, within a month, my husband got a job in Detroit. So I was born and raised Texas girl, went to a university in Texas. And all of a sudden, I'm having to move from Texas to Michigan. And so that was just, you know, a big season of transition And then we moved back to Texas, but we didn't go back to my hometown. We went to another town where we wanted to plant our roots and my husband wanted to start a business. So in my early 20s then, I'm living in a town where I didn't know a single person. I joined a church where I don't know a single person. I work for my husband. We started this business. So I don't have any coworkers, right? The only person I see at work is my husband. So, you know, just a lot of transitions from being that college kid to a young married to figuring out a job and a career and working those really hard, long hours and just not knowing people because, you know, we transitioned to two new places. And then my, um, and then we went through infertility and we had those problems. But then the end of my twenties was also challenging because I had two babies at home. So I wrapped up my twenties with, you know, a three-year-old and a two-year-old at at my house. And there's no manual for that. And you, it's it's a learn as you go kind of a job. So, um, my twenties had some great moments and, you know, I got to become a mom in my twenties and that is just the best thing ever, but it was a lot of learning and growing and figuring out, uh, who our family was going to be and what, where we were going to live and what our life was going to look like apart from the, homes that we grew up in and how ours was going to be similar, but unique. So 
20s were a lot about transitions for me. And so they were great, but they were hard. And I've really enjoyed my 30s. And I'm very hopeful my 40s will be even more fun. Mm, Yes, I can totally attest to um, the 20s just being such a time of transition. And we've talked about that on the podcast before of just how much you really do transition. And there's, it's for everybody. Like, it's not just some people go through transitions. It's like, you know, typically going from college to normal life and then possibly marriage and possibly kids, like, or just different jobs, different places that you're living. And so it's hard. And especially for people, I'm the same way, like transition is so hard and any, any kind of like new, I thrive on comfort like you. And so it can be really hard. Um, but helps us to just develop a deeper trust um, in the Lord and knowing that like he is constant and he never changes and having to learn um, from him in that and like trust that, that he is good. And so I like, I'm totally with you in the fact that it's so transient. And so, um, yeah, that just gives us hope that, okay, <laughs> like hopefully thirties yeah. and forties and so on. So many people have said like, trust me, it really does get better. You know, there's seasons in life. And when I'm in a, a, a dark season or a hard season, I try to remind myself it's a season, you know, and it will yes. come to an end. But then I also remind myself when I'm in a really great season, <laughs> that seasons go up and down. There are valleys, there are yeah. peaks. So you just have to remember that. But I really have enjoyed my 30s. They have been mm. just a great place of um, rest for me where I feel like I'm home. Uh, with where I am and my friendships and my my marriage and my kids. So it's been great. So if you're in your 20s and you're having a hard time, I think in your 30s, maybe you'll, maybe things will be a little brighter. Yeah. I hope Just so. hold on tight, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> it will be okay. <laughs> yeah. It will be okay. Yeah. Thank you for that encouragement because I think a lot of us are like, just so many of my friends and um, I just feel like this conversation comes up so often where it's like, man, even if we are in a season of life where things are kind of like steady, you know, have like a job and are consistent with it, we still feel like, man, when when am I going to be called up and out of this? Because it really just does feel like nothing is like consistent. I think it will always be that way. It's not necessarily that life in thirties and beyond is just going to be like the same always and feel like really good about where you're at. But I think just even so in the season, it's more like there's transitions all the time, you know, and it's just, it's a crazy time of life. Well, yeah. Cause if you look at, or at least for me where I was at 20 versus where I was at 30, mm-hmm. it's like two different worlds, right? Right, right? But where I was at 30 and where I am today at 38, I mean, they're they're very similar, you know, there just haven't been as many life altering transitions, um, in this decade as there were for me in the decade before. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's, it's just, yeah, I feel like that's a common theme in, in how life works, but it gives like hope to us right now feeling like, oh man, like when is this going to end and knowing there are like really good things about this season too. And so to like, hang on to those as well. Um, cause like, obviously all those things were exciting for you, like to be able to get married and have kids, but like even through, um, seasons of like infertility, like there are hard things, there are good things, you know? So, 
Um, just like being reminded of all of that. But um, another thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I know this is like, oh man, this is what I get asked every single time and maybe it gets annoying, but maybe you love talking about it. But we uh, have talked about The Bachelor a bunch on my podcast, just as like little side plugs and, you know, just different guests who uh, listen to it. But um, I'd love to kind of talk to you about uh, when Sean was on and kind of what that was like for your family. Like what kind of um, like maybe even just like what was your first like reaction to that? Like how did you feel about him doing that? Um, like going into it. So, yeah. So my brother is Sean Lowe and he first was on The Bachelorette and then on Emily Maynard's season. And then the next season yes. he was The Bachelor. So um, the the Bachelor, there were two different experiences and we had two, I, I personally think we had two different, uh, I don't know, just two different experiences. Yeah. The Bachelorette, you know, we, it films differently. And so the show kind of, it, um, it, it doesn't film so many months before it's aired. Okay. So it's kind okay. of happening the show is still like when it starts on TV, it's still wrapping up in real life. If that okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's a little bit more in the moment, how they filmed the bachelorette, just the time of year and all of that. Yeah. And because he was the contestant and he wasn't the actual lead person, we didn't have all the information or a full picture. We didn't know what to expect. We were kind of all just along for the ride. Yeah. And it was so much fun. Uh, we were so excited for him. We just think he's like a super, super great guy and had so much to offer still does. But you know, thinking back then, I just thought he's the perfect, wholesome, American, sweet, cute guy to be on the show. And so we really were excited. We'd, we had watched Emily's season. And so my husband and I had, and so we thought she was adorable. So we thought it was like probably a really good match. And he came in third place. So she apparently did like him <laughs> because he stuck around for a long time. Yeah. And so that was just, it was fun. It was a really fun experience. Uh, Sean was a part of that, but he wasn't the lead person. So we just kind of got to to live vicariously through it and be a part of it. Sure. Then he became The Bachelor immediately after. And that one is different because The Bachelor finished. The last episode was coincidentally on his birthday. So the very last episode they filmed was on his birthday, which is the very middle of November. Yeah. But it didn't start airing until the beginning of March. So we knew, right. So we were a part of the whole bachelor experience as it was unfolding. Mm -hmm. And so, um, on the bachelorette, like he couldn't call us or communicate with us on the bachelor. When he was a bachelor, we were in communication with him. We knew what was going on. So there weren't surprises for us. And then we were there at the end when he picked Catherine and we were all a part of that. And then we had, I mean, that's like what, five months we had between November and March to rehash and relive and talk about it. And they were getting settled as a couple. So then when the show started airing, even though America was seeing it all for the first time, it was kind of old news to us, which was a great thing too. (laughs) You know, there were no surprises and we knew what was coming. And we also knew it had a really fantastic outcome. So we weren't nervous about it or anything like that. So both of them were very different, in my opinion. Both were very different experiences, but both of them were just a lot of fun. I mean, it's a, a crazy, crazy <laughs> once-in-a-lifetime experience that never in a million years did any of us think would happen. Right. Do you Who, like, nominated him originally? Do you know? I did. 
You do? I, yes. I sent in his application to be on The Bachelorette. And so, <laughs> I mean, I and, and again, all I did was send in his application and they picked his, probably they picked a thousand and then they reached out to the person. So I turned in his application, but he got himself on that show himself because right. he was interviewed multiple times. So he for sure got himself on there. But I did send in that first application because I loved the show. <laughs> did I used he know? to watch it. Like, no, I didn't tell him because I didn't think it would. I didn't think it would ever come to fruition. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't. I actually like did it during a commercial break. There's one of those commercials. Right, if you know someone like- on the next Bachelorette. <laughs> Go to abc.com. So, I mean, I just did it and did not think anything of it. And I don't know how much, it was probably two months later. I mean, it was, there was a lot of distance between me doing it and him getting a phone call saying he'd been nominated. So, um, no, I, I didn't. (laughs) Some people will email me and they'll say exactly what did you put on the application that got him picked? And I'm like, um, the application was like, what's his name? How old is he? What's his job? And give me a picture of him. I mean, I didn't put anything magical. So, um, he definitely, earned it himself. But yes, I did submit his application. Yeah, that's so funny. I've <laughs> I've had um multiple friends submit me for The Bachelor. Okay. And I'm like, guys, I'm not no. <laughs> I just I just don't think that that would be the experience for me. I feel like they'd turn me into like, you know, how they can kind of manipulate it. Mm-hmm. They'd turn me into like the crazy girl or something. <laughs> yeah, I do think though, Emma, that if you're not crazy, it's going to be hard for them to make you look crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. I think if you go on there and you you are yourself, then they're not going to be able to edit anybody and edit you to look crazy. Right. So, yes, very true. I, I do think <laughs> that the people that maybe appear crazy are giving them all of the material. <laughs> so. Yes, yes, very true. And it's easy to like, you know, put all yes. of that in there, you know what you I mean? Yes. So, um, yes. But that's so cool. And I wondered like whenever, you know, he was the bachelor and picked Catherine, like there was several months in between it, like him proposing to her all the way to when it was airing. So y'all like, did you have to like, like sign something to like keep quiet? Like I know they probably weren't allowed to like really, be super in public. But I mean, that's a long period of time to just be like waiting for the world to know, to be able to like start your relationship. Like that's so hard. You, if you appear on an episode, you have to sign something saying that you won't talk about anything about the show for 12 months after it finishes airing. So my family appeared on both the bachelorette and the bachelor. So for a good couple of years, we weren't able to talk about it, but, um, yeah, we did have to sign something, but if you don't appear on the show, then you don't sign anything. Mm -hmm. So then it's at the discretion of the bachelor or bachelorette and who they pick, who they want to tell. Right. And who they're going to trust with that information. Yeah. Yeah. Like reality, Steve. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. I've always wondered, like, kind of what that's like to be able to do, like, or to have to, like, be in hiding almost. But, um, but they're definitely my favorite couple to come out of the whole Bachelor Nation experience. Like, I think they're so great. And just, you know, being able to be a couple of faith, um, is really cool because I think a lot of people give the show a bad rap 
and just like how it works and are like nobody could ever like be a believer and be on the show like that wouldn't work and so I think it's cool how they've like been a good example of how it can work Yes, and I always want to give credit to the Bachelor franchise and also to ABC because Sean was the Bachelor, but then they also um, aired his wedding live on TV. Yeah, I remember that. It was like a two-hour live primetime special, and they deserve credit because my dad is an ordained minister, so my dad actually married them. And my dad could say whatever he wanted. They did not ask to see what my dad was going to say beforehand. They did not tell my dad what he could and couldn't say on live TV. And my dad was able on live TV during prime time to speak the gospel in that moment. And ABC and The Bachelor, who do get a bad rap sometimes, they gave my dad that opportunity. They did not in any way restrict what he was going to say. So they deserve credit because... um, they do. I I do think it's an amazing, um, an amazing organization that they have there. I do think that great people work for that show, and mm-hmm. I do think the crazy people make for good television. I mean, it would be boring if they were all sweet people, <laughs> right? I mean, yes. it would be super boring <laughs> if there weren't some crazy ones. But they do deserve the credit because my dad was able to get up and at that wedding and preach the gospel without mm-hmm. commercial break. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's truly amazing, and just like thinking about what an impact that could have made, like on, you know, so many lives that you have, like your family has no idea about it, you know, like what a cool, I mean, it's, it can be used as like a mission field. I feel like, you know, to be able to, you know, have so many people who probably are not believers that watch and, um, are just like watching their life, uh, and, and seeing, Hmm, there's something different about that couple versus others. You know what I mean? And so, um, that is really neat. How long have they been married now? Oh, five years. I feel like I'm going to get yeah. that wrong. But no, Samuel turned three on July 2nd. So I, that would make this January would be six years for them. So, mm, yeah. 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 Really awesome. It doesn't it's feel really like that awesome. long at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't feel like that long ago. But then when I start to think like their oldest son is three and then their second son is one. Yeah, it's yes. been almost in January. It'll be six years. It is so cool. And it's they're really in good. the DFW area too. So yeah. you guys get to hang out at 10? We do. Yeah. They live about 20 minutes from me. So not far at all. Yeah. And your kids like get to hang out. That is so cool. Such it a new like fun really phase of neat. life for y'all. It is really neat. But the funny thing is, is their kids love my kids and vice versa. But Samuel, their three-year-old, loves my husband. And it is really? the cutest. Oh, <laughs> Yes. I, he calls him Uncle Andrew and he will like call Uncle Andrew and FaceTime Uncle Andrew and um, Andrew just keeps <laughs> it up. Andrew loves that kid so much. So it's, it's so That's much amazing. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's that really so neat. Cute. Well, thank you for giving us a little bit of behind the scenes because yeah. Um, I, yeah, I've loved the show right now. Bachelor in Paradise though. I'm kind of like, I'm not really sure how I feel about this season, but um it's, you know, I, I watched it's so fun. <laughs> I watched every single season of The Bachelor from the very, very first season until Sean's season. Then after Sean's season, I tried to watch and I just have not been able to watch it since then. I don't know. There's something about being on the other side of the Wizard of Oz curtain that makes it hard. <laughs> I've never watched Bachelor in Paradise because I don't watch the show anymore. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I have a, I have a hard time sitting and watching it now, but it is, really? people say to me all the time, they say, 
is it real or is it fake? And I'm like, um, well, I've got a couple of nephews that tell me it's real, right? I mean, how is it fake? They're married. They have a family. How would this? How could this be fake? Of course it's real. Um, you know, do they probably cast a few, uh, you know, kind of crazy characters in there to keep it entertaining? I'm sure they do, right? Why? Of course they do. But yeah. definitely real. Definitely yeah. real. What do you think makes it, like, hard to watch now that on the other side of it? Um, I don't know what it makes it. I don't know if I could pinpoint one thing. I tried, so the season after Sean was Desiree's season, and I tried to watch it because I think she's as cute as can be, but I just, uh, I don't know. I just looked at it through different eyes and thought, maybe it became more real to me, less entertainment and more reality. Yeah, yeah, you know. Where I just was watching it and I was thinking about like those are real when they're crying on TV, like that's not the lead person, like when the bachelor's crying, he's really upset. This is you know entertaining. It's actual life. Yeah, I think maybe my big sister heart just couldn't watch it as much for the entertainment anymore. And it was just a little bit more personal. And so I you know, I watch all the Bravo shows now instead. So I found some yeah. I, some other classy TV to yeah, replace my bachelor. Classy. Yes, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, okay, I would love to ask you a couple more questions. I ask these to sure. every guest that comes on the podcast. And the first one is, what's one thing that you wish you knew as a 20-something? Oh, is it 20 something? Mm. I wish. Oh, that's a hard one. Emma, let me think. I know. It's like, hang on, like one thing. (laughs) I wish I knew. I'm going to speak as a 20 something young mom. When I had two little babies at home and I was up to my eyeballs in dirty diapers and everybody was crying and my whole world was listening to that Mickey Mouse Clubhouse song. I wish I would have (laughs) known how much later I would miss it because Mm. I should have probably stopped and enjoyed it more. And now looking back, I just, I would give anything to have just like five minutes of that with my two big kids, five minutes of them being that age again. And I just probably should have stopped and slowed down more. And it was chaotic and messy and dirty and snotty. And I was exhausted, but I just don't get that back, right? That's time you don't ever get back. And so I wish I would have probably stopped and relished it a little bit more. Yeah. Just be in the moment. Yeah. Because they're only little once it goes by really fast. So yeah, you better enjoy it while they're there. Even if it stinks, you better enjoy it because you don't get it back. Right. Yeah. I totally get it. And I think a lot of moms are in that boat totally when they realize, Oh no, they're getting so old. Yeah. And my mom still says that and I'm to be 25 so (laughs) (laughs) okay next one what are you reading listening to and uh or watching these days i'm a really big reader so if any of your um, listeners go to my blog reading is a huge part of what i do i read uh 60 something books every year i'm always reading and i do a yes reading is my favorite hobby it's if, if i have a spare minute i'm reading always reading So I have read some really good books this year. Last year, I always name at the end of the year, I name my top three favorite books of the year. And that's hard to do if you've read 66. It is hard to do. And I, (laughs) because I usually like so many of them. So it is, Mm -hmm. it is hard to do, um, but they can go back and read. This past year I had two um, 
honorable mentions where the crawdad sing was one of my honorable mm. mentions. That was a great oh, one. That was so good. Yes. Um, so that's all of that. What I read is on my blog. I, um, and I, I do a review every month at the end of every month. I review what I read that month. And then at the end of the year, I do just one big overall review. Cool. So reading is very important. I, my anniversary gift to my husband and we got married, uh, our anniversary was in March and it was our 15th anniversary. And my gift to him in March was that I would watch Game of Thrones. And so <laughs> I'm still watching it. Um, he watched it when it was like in progress. It's his favorite show ever. He couldn't believe I didn't want to watch it. It was like devastating to him. And so that was my anniversary gift. I am on season seven. There are only eight seasons. Praise wow. the Lord. So I am getting close <laughs> to being done. So right now I am watching Game of Thrones. It literally has everything I hate in a show in every single episode. <laughs> but I do at least feel like I understand why people are so passionate about it. I feel a little bit more relevant with like cultural things yeah, now that I've watched it. <laughs> yes. Everybody, when they ask me, um, you're watching Game of Thrones? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, do you love it? And I'm like, not really. And they're every single time, Emma, they say, what episode are you on? And I could say, I'm season six, episode eight. And they're like, oh, it's about to be good. And I'm like, I've been hearing it's about to be good for like six months now. Forever. I don't know that this, <laughs> this is my show, but that's what I'm watching. I'm watching Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> and I'm almost done. And um, it was a, it was probably the hardest anniversary gift I've ever had to give him. So. Right. I'm thinking, okay, that wasn't just like a, here's your one thing on this one day. Oh, like you committed to months and months of commitment. It was a commitment. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. It's just not my cup of tea. I would rather watch like Downton Abbey or something like that. So, right. but, but I'm watching I'm Game of Thrones. I'm sure your husband appreciates the fact that yes. you will like to and watch that. <laughs> yes. Although sometimes he gets annoyed because I don't love it as much as he thinks You're I should You're not like love pretending it. to enjoy it. No, you should be like, well, do you want me to sit here and pretend? Yeah. Well, and I, I don't know anybody's, they all have weird names or complicated names. Or I don't know. There's like 4 yeah. million characters. And if I say something like, oh, I don't like the zombies. He looks at me because he's like, they're not zombies. They're white walkers. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Zombie white walkers. <laughs> So it, it was his anniversary gift, but I do think I'm wearing him out with it. So yeah. <laughs> there's that too. So good. You're almost done. You're almost, almost done. done. So close. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Then lastly, what is refreshing you these days? Like anything that's just giving you life? Yes. Fall gives me life. So I am one of those people where um, the beginning of fall, September, all of that, that's like my beginning of the year. That's my January 1st. When the kids go back to school, I get so motivated. The pumpkin spice latte, seeing a pumpkin in a store, just the smell of a cinnamon candle, like it just really mm. puts me in a happy place. And I, the weather might still be hot, but I, I get really recharged by, it's like my beginning of the year. And so right now, I'm in a good, motivated, clean out of closet, let's meal plan, kind of take on the world place. Yes. And then, you know, by May, I'm like beat down, but I'm in a good spot right now. <laughs> yeah, fall really refreshes yes. me. I think I'm the same way. I've never really thought of it as like, okay, my year's starting in August, September. But I mean, as a teacher, like I'm running on that same schedule. Yeah. You know? and so like all of a sudden I'm like really motivated. I'm like, yep, going to meal prep on yes. Sundays. Yes. I'm like love being able to like 
yeah, light a candle, you know, yes. whatever it is. We just like need the weather to start complying and then we'll yes. be good to go. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Shay, for coming on. And I'm just, I'm just so thankful for your encouragement for us. And um, it was just so fun. Oh, thank you for having me, Emma. It's been such a, a pleasure speaking to you. I'm so glad we were able to connect and do this today. Ladies, thanks again for listening in, and I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Shay today. I pray that during these seasons of transitions, you guys can lean into the Lord, talk to Him about it, because it's in these seasons of transition that we tend to feel the most isolated and alone, and that's when the enemy tries to come in and tell us things that aren't true about ourselves. So, uh, yeah, just talk to the Lord and say, not today, Satan. And as Shay said in the podcast, if you're in your 20s and it's hard, she reminds us that it does get better. Uh, So to see more from Shay, I highly encourage you to check out Shay's blog, which is called Mix and Match Mama. I seriously love her recipes and her kiddos are so cute. So go check it out. And in celebration of episode number 50, our new merch will be, drumroll please, 50% off today and today only. You're going to use the code 50FUN, that's F-I-F-T-Y-F-U-N at checkout. If you're listening to this after the lunch date and you're like, Emma, what the heck? I didn't know about this and I wanted 50% off. Well, don't you worry because there will be more deals on Black Friday. Thanks again for just being along the ride with me and listening in to the podcast. So here's to 50 more. I love you all and stay fresh, my people.